Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Crosspoint Podcast. And please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd love to have you join us in person at 10 a.m. this Sunday at Franklin Road Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. You can also connect with us online at frbc.com. Thanks again for checking us out and enjoy the episode.
Well, I've officially done everything that every influencer told me to do in my morning routine, and it's now three o'clock, and I have to go pick up my kids from school. Because the truth is, is if you follow what everybody says, like you're supposed to meditate for 45 minutes, you're supposed to read your Bible for 45 minutes, you're supposed to have a time of prayer for 45 minutes, you're supposed to do a cold plunge for 10 minutes, you're supposed to work out, you're supposed to you're supposed to sit in a sauna before you do the cold plunge, and if you forget that, like you're supposed to do all these things, it's like. Okay, well, my morning routine just turned into my morning, lunch, and afternoon routine, and so I can't get it all done. In the, I'm having to wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning just to get my morning routine done, all right? But then I'm supposed to sleep for 12 and a half hours if I'm going to be healthy. So there's all of this pressure in the world, and what I want you to come back to is this. There are rhythms that God gives us in the Word of God that society is going to continue to push you away from. And I believe that where relationship is found is as, you draw, as God draws you back into them. And one of those rhythms is found in Mark chapter number 6. We're just going to kind of use this as a launching point for the whole series. In fact, I've already, as I've kind of tried to uh, schedule this out, I believe that we will be back in this passage to talk about a specific rhythm. But I want to begin reading in verse number 30, okay? Mark chapter number 6, verse number 30. And the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus. And told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. So let's, let's press the pause button for just a second. Let's understand a little bit of context, okay? In verses uh, 1 through 29, what you've got is you've got a little debate that goes on about what John the Baptist's role is and what the disciples of John do and how they baptize and how the disciples of Jesus baptize. But in the process of all that, and this is, remind you, very early on in Jesus' ministry, Jesus sends his apostles, his disciples out and he tells them to go and teach and he tells them to preach and he tells them to point people back to him. And so verse number 30 is the reconvening of Jesus with his disciples. And so they come back and how many of you, you've ever come back from maybe camp or, or a retreat of some sort or, or maybe just a time away with friends and you come back and, it, and you're energized about what you got to do while you were away, right? There's a little bit of energy to it, but there's also a little bit of tiredness that maybe you don't even understand. Sometimes uh, we always joke as a staff that when you go go to camp or whatever, that there's no tired like camp tired. Like there's just like you have a tiredness that is just you cannot even fathom it. Like you don't even know where you're at. You don't know if you're waking up on Sunday afternoon. You don't know if you're like you don't know what's going on. You're taking these crazy naps. There's no tired like camp tired. But the truth is, is in the midst of all that tiredness. There's also some excitement. This is what God did in my heart. And so that is exactly what these disciples are feeling as they're coming back in verse number 30. They're saying, Jesus, this is what we taught. This is what we learned. This is what we have done. This is where we went. And I want you to notice what Jesus' response is in verse number 31. And he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. Why do you think that on a, in a moment where the disciples were excited that Jesus said, you know what, you need to rest for a little? Why wouldn't he capitalize on the energy that they just brought back? Look at verse number, as he continues, verse number 31. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. And they departed into a desert place by ship privately. And the people saw them departing, and many knew him, and ran afoot thither out of all the cities, and outwent them, and came together unto him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people, 
and was moved with compassion toward them, because they were as sheep not having a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. And when the day was now far spent, his disciples came unto him and said, This is a desert place, which I don't know, they were obviously Captain Obvious there, all right? They went out into a desert place, and the best thing these guys can come out, get out of it is they say, Jesus, this is a desert place, all right? And he's like, thank you for that pro profound thought, all right? And he says, they say, and now the time is far past. Send them away that they may go into the country round about and into the villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. He answered and said unto them, Give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, Shall we go and buy two hundred penny worth of bread and give them to eat? And he saith unto them, How many loaves have ye? Go and see. And when they knew, they say five and two fishes. And he commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. So what you have is you have Jesus who's now saying, I'm going to feed them. This is the feeding of the 5,000, the, the story of the boy with the five loaves and two fishes. And he commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. And they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. So Jesus does this great miracle. I want you to skip down to verse number 45. And straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side unto Bethsaida, while he sent away the people. And we had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land. And he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed by by them. I want you to go back and I want you to look at verse number 31. Let's read verse number 31 out loud together. Let's just read until it says rest a while and then I want to take you down and um, read another verse. But verse number 31 until it says rest a while. Ready to begin. And he said unto them, come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. Now let's skip down and let's look at verse number 46. Or, yeah, verse number 46. Let's read that out loud together. Ready to begin. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. I want to spend just the next couple of minutes and really talk to you about the foundation of rhythms. The foundation of rhythms. When we talk about rhythms, what are we talking about? What are we saying? What, what, are, what is the goal behind this? Okay? And so with that in mind, let's pray. We'll ask the Lord to help us. Dear Heavenly Father God, I thank you for your word. Lord, I'm thankful that you are a God who does not call us to go, go, go. But Lord, you are a God who calls us to come and rest with you. And Lord, so much of what plagues us in society is that we live a life of constantly going and never constantly coming back to you for the rest that we need. Lord, I pray that you would help this group Lord, to establish the rhythms that will make them a successful Christian. Lord, may we run to you and not run to the world and, and to the things of this world for our success. Lord, I pray that you would give me wisdom as I speak. Lord, I pray that you would give me the words to say. Fill me with your spirit. In your name we pray. Amen.
How many of you ever heard someone say the, the phrase that they march to the beat of a different drum? You ever heard someone say that? All right, I don't really know what it means, but I, I think, <laughs> think that I do. So um, when you hear that, what they're typically saying is that it's someone who's just living their life differently, right? Uh, maybe if you've been in a classroom setting or we've got teachers in here, and you have a student that say that you look at and you're maybe as other teachers or other uh, school faculty are talking about, you just say, well, that kid marks, marches to the beat of a different drum, all right? Maybe you have a sibling and you're the sibling who has all of your clothes on by 9.15 on the days that you're supposed to come to church and you're dressed and ready to go and sitting on the couch and like, dear mother, what can I do to serve you today? And your sister or brother is like just waking up and their hair is crazy and their breath smells terrible and you're like, all right, they need to get their act together, all right? They march to the beat of a different drum basically meaning that they live life differently than the way that everybody else does. But the truth is, is that sometimes being different than what everyone else does and living differently is not always a bad thing. The truth is that in our passage and really the whole entire life of Jesus, what you will find is that in regards to religious leaders, Jesus himself was very countercultural to what he to the way that everyone else lived. The other religious leaders of the day, the other religious leaders of the world at that time were all about pointing the people back to themselves, pointing people to a controlling aspect, pointing people to how can we really oversee them and keep them in line and get them to march to the beat of our drum. But what Jesus says when he comes onto the scene is he says that my father and I are one. He's pointing people back to God. He's pointing people back to the kingdom. He's pointing people to a life that is found in the sufficiency of himself and not the sufficiency of this world. And so what he was teaching was very opposite than what everyone else was teaching. Okay? But when we talk about our world today, do you not feel as though that sometimes what you are called to do as a Christian feels very opposite to the way that the world is living? Do you not feel as though that there is just this push in society and specifically with your generation and your age to where, well, I have to attain this and I have to maintain a certain level of physical health and I have to maintain a certain level of financial health and I have to be super spiritual and I have to I have to have all of these great relationships and I have to drink this kind of coffee and I have to use this kind of toothpaste and I have to follow this influencer. And if you get down to it, it really becomes exhausting. It really becomes something that there is no earthly way that we can understand or even maintain the pace of life that we are called to live. I saw a quote the other day by J.C. Ryle that was actually referring to social media. And he said, social media has given us the omniscience of God that we were never intended to be able to handle. The truth is, is 40, 50 years ago, it took people multiple weeks or days to hear of something that was going on overseas. And so because of that, they weren't fretting or worrying about something that was going on 2,000 miles away, 3,000 miles away, because they didn't know about it. And yet you and I, in the blink of an eye, in an instant, can pull out our phone and we can know all of the atrocities going on in this world. And if you think that that doesn't affect your soul, you're completely wrong. We live with this pressure of, well, I have to know this, and I have to understand this, and I have to live this way, and I have to act like this, and I have to look like this, and I have to have this much money, and I have to drive this car, and I have to have this phone, and I have to have this laptop, and it just is constant. 
And if you're not careful, please listen. The rhythm or beat of society is about you. And what we find in this passage is this. That Jesus actually says, the rhythm that I am calling you to live to is not one of attaining and going, but actually one of coming apart. It's actually one to where it doesn't exhaust you, it actually brings you rest. It's not something that you have to attain, it's something that you get to enjoy. It's not something that you get to check off of a list. It's actually something that is a relationship. And so over the course of just the next couple of weeks, I don't really know how long this series is going to go. I will, I've said this before, I refuse to ever teach anything in this class that I do not want to be taught myself. And so there are sometimes I believe that the Lord leads me to a series, not even so much necessarily for you, but to speak to me about it and through, through, through me, you get to hear it. And what my goal is for you is I would love to see you as a child of God say my relationship with God has become very real because I have set these rhythms and these boundaries in my life that I'm only going to get to enjoy. And so what I want to walk you through from this passage is just a, just a foundation of the rhythms that we're talking about. Here's what I believe that you'll find over the next couple of weeks. Number one, religious rhythms are necessary to be used by God. Religious rhythms are necessary to be used by God. I love that in verse number 29 of our passage, the disciples come to him and um, they say, it says, and uh, well, I'm in the wrong. That's not the right spot. Okay. Verse number 30. Okay. Sorry. Verse number 30. Verse number 30. It says, and the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And I love that Jesus's response in verse number 31. It says, he says, come apart for a while come apart for a little while. I've heard it said this way, you need to come apart before you come apart. You need to come apart, spend time with Jesus, spend time with God, spend time in rest before you fall apart. Mental health is a big discussion right now in, in our world, in our society, our emotional health, all of these things, okay? But please listen, the foundation of that is that you must be consistent in spending time with Jesus Christ. The world is not going to encourage that. The beat or the rhythm of this life is not going to encourage that. And so what you must understand is this. Everybody loves to be used by God. Just on Thursday night now, there's a possibility that those who are in CFC will hear this again. But just on Thursday night, I walked them through 1 Kings chapter number 17. It's going to be a part of this series about finding your hidden place. But what, as I walked them through it, it, what is so interesting to me about 1 Kings chapter number 17 is that there's two really great miracles that happen through the life of Elijah. The first one is in verse number one. He stands before King Ahab and he says, there's not going to be any dew or any rain until I say so. Okay, pretty big miracle. 
towards the end of the chapter, he actually is a part of bringing a young man back to life. I think that if probably anyone in this room, we were like, how many of you would like to be used by God to stand before a king and to be a prophet and all these things and, and to pronounce something, we would all be like, yeah, absolutely. I would love to stand before the president and share the gospel and preach the Bible. And I would love to be a part of seeing some great miracle. But what we often miss is tucked in between those two miracles Elijah is in the wilderness being fed by a brook that eventually dries up and being brought food by ravens. In the midst of all of that, he's, he's sent to another city and he has to go and beg food from a widow. His humility is what led him to being used by God. And please listen, okay? Many times we base our success or who we are off of the public's eye, the way people see us rather than off of our private life with God. Just this week, I put into my phone this quote, that the breadth of your public life is directly correlated to the depth of your private life. Everybody wants to have this big influence and this big vision and be a part of what is being done by God. But at the end of the day, your, the breadth, the, the width of it, the, the success of it, of your public life is correlated to the depth of your private life. You can maintain a broad public life for a while, but unless your deep private life comes alongside of it, eventually your public life will be destroyed. And so what we must understand from this passage is that the rhythm that God has called us to is, a, is necessary to be used by God. But then secondly, religious rhythms are often interrupted by culture. Religious rhythms are often interrupted by culture. As you read through the story, what ends up happening is this. Jesus says, come apart into a desert place and rest a while. He says, spend time with me. But in the midst of all of that, he says, the Bible says that these people begin to run in and they, they see where he's going. And so they run through the cities. And in my mind, the way that it's happening is they can see this boat with Jesus and his disciples on it. And they're going across this little sea. And there's people running through all the seaside towns and saying, hey, Jesus is headed this way. Jesus is headed this way. And so by the time Jesus and his disciples arrive, there's this group of people like, hey, hey Jesus, we've been waiting on you. Okay. Do you ever feel like that? Do you ever feel like that you, you're like, okay, I'm just going to spend time with God. I'm just going to be quiet for a little while. I'm just going to rest. I'm just going to, today's just going to be a great day to spend time with Jesus. And you walk into maybe your house or you walk into to maybe your place of work and there's just people standing there like, hey, hey, we've been waiting on you. Like, where you been? Where you been all of my life, right? Who needs me today? Maybe you're, so I know we've got parents in here, all right? Like, today's just going to be a great day with Jesus. Today's just going to be a great day with God. And invariably, that's the day that your kid is ticked off at the world the most, right? College students, like, well, today I'm just going to sit at a coffee shop and I'm just going to enjoy a nice cup of hot coffee and I'm just going to focus my heart and soul on Jesus. And your professor walks in and says, you need to have a 3,000 word paper due by the end of this week. Like, okay, well, that was, that's not going to help my life with Jesus. Culture is going to interrupt this, but please, I want you to, I, please do not miss this, okay? I want you to go and see it from the passage. I'm not even going to try to quote it, okay? I want you to go and look at verse number 34. And Jesus, when he came out, 
saw much people and was moved with compassion toward them because they were as sheep not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. I want to take 30 seconds and talk to you about something that is so important about this. Okay? If your rhythms override your compassion for people, you've missed the point. Sometimes I look at people, and my wife and I have talked about this before, sometimes I look at people that I just see them and the way that they pitch themselves on social media is just as some super disciplined person, and I'm like, I don't understand how they have the time to do that. <laughs> and sometimes what we miss in, in the midst of all of this is that the things that God has called you to and your time with God, if it is interrupted by people, who sometimes are as sheep not having a shepherd, if you are interrupted by people, it is not your chance to be like, oh, I was just trying to spend time with God. I was, just trying, I was just trying to love Jesus the way I was supposed to, and you interrupted that. How, how dare you? How dare you be a needy sheep, okay? You've missed the point. You have completely missed the point of it. Now watch this. On the other hand of that, there's some people that you are so consumed with being a people person that you're not a Jesus person. And you will miss it as well. There's two sides to both of those coins. And here's all, here's all I'm telling you to do. Is in the moments where those religious rhythms are interrupted, give yourself grace and show compassion to someone. Give yourself grace. Like, I can't believe I missed it. I can't believe that I did not read all 150 Psalms today. That was my goal. And I just failed. I only got to read two. So I'm 148 behind. Give yourself grace and show compassion to those around you. But then thirdly is this, and we'll be done. Religious rhythms are necessary to be used by God. Religious rhythms are often interrupted by culture. But thirdly, religious rhythms must be sought after. Religious rhythms must be sought after. You say, where do you get that? I want you to see this. Jesus says, come apart and let's rest a while. And guess what? It's a flop. They don't, they don't ever make it. Okay? They, they actually end up not getting any rest. They end up feeding 5,000 people. Okay? They end up spending more time in ministry, more time serving, more time being used by God. But I want you to see this. Jesus sends them away, and in verse number 46, it says that when he sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. How many of you understand that Jesus was the omnipotent, omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-wise Heavenly Father in human form? How many of you understand that, okay? We believe that biblically, right? If Jesus... As a perfect being came to this earth and his rest or his time alone with God and his heavenly father was interrupted and he had to return back to it. How many of you understand that us as human beings will need that probably more than he does, right? How many of you understand that especially in all the noise of today's society, that if we miss out on time with God and with our Heavenly Father, we will not be successful. 
And here's the reason why I say that it should be sought after. So many times, please, please do not miss this. So many times we sit in churches, we sit in classes, and we desire a public spiritual life, okay? We desire what happens on the front of the stage, to use the term that I used on Thursday night, okay? Oh man, if I could only sing like that. If I could only teach like that, not talking about me, someone else, all right? If I could only be that type of person in the church, if I could only be that type of prayer warrior, if I could only be that type of soloist, if I could only, if I could only, if I could only, and what we base it on is what everyone sees. And here's what I firmly believe that we are missing as Christians in today's society. And, and I know I say, please don't miss this a lot. All right. It's kind of a transitional phrase for me, but please do not miss what I'm about to say. Where we have missed our Christian faith as Christians in 2023 and as young adults in today's society is that we do not desire the coming apart as much as we desire the feeding of the 5,000. We don't desire the quiet time with just us and God the way that we desire the miracle of what we get to do and the notoriety of what we get to do. And here's the only propositional question that I will close with. Could it be that the reason that us as Christians and the church, capital C, globally has not seen something like the feeding of the 5,000. I'm not talking about like physically the feeding of the 5,000. Some of you are like, oh, well, we've got 4,000 people coming. We're going to feed them hot dogs on Saturday. That's not what I'm talking about, okay? Could it be that the reason we have not seen the miraculous is because we have not done the mundane? Could it be that the reason that our world and our country is obsessed with everything else is because you and I as Christians are not obsessed with just spending quiet time with God? I know that sounds extremely simple. You say, no, that it's because we're not proactive enough in this. It's because we're not outspoken enough in this. It's because the truth is, is it has never been easier to be proactive and to be outspoken and whatever else you think is going to, is going to make a mark on society. What we miss is we have failed to do the deep spiritual work in the quiet time, in the resting, in the going into a mountain to pray. And so therefore, it's hard for us to do the big miraculous work. And all my heart is for you over the course of these next couple weeks is to give you the, the meat, the, the, the rhythm, the, the boundary to say, hey, it's okay to block off two or three hours and to sit there and be quiet with God. Hey, it, it, it's okay to maybe take a day off of school 
if you're just absolutely so pressured. It's okay to take a week off from social media and just focus on your walk with God. It's okay for you to just have a rhythm in your life that just like the waves of the sea. My wife and I, we went on a cruise a couple of years ago, and you have never slept until you've slept on a cruise boat. Just the rocking of the wave, just kind of, it's just like, man, I didn't think I liked to, I would like to be rocked to sleep as an adult, but I do. Like, I absolutely do. And just that rhythm of every single day I'm spending time with God. Every single day I'm finding a quiet, if life gets crazy, gets interrupted, that rhythm gets messed up, I'm coming back to it. I'm going to continue coming back. And here's what, you, what I believe that you will find is rather than living a life of, oh, oh, I gotta chase this, I gotta chase that, I've gotta get this, I've, I've got I have to buy this, I have to have that, I have to live like this, I have to post that, I have to eat this, I have to not drink that, I have to, I have to brush my teeth with this, I have to use this kind of soap, I have to, whatever. Rather than living that life, what you will find is just the ebb and flow of, no, all I need is Jesus. All I need is God. And then what you will see is that through that just ebb and flow and rhythm of walking with God consistently, that it is out of that that God can do the miraculous. How many of you truly desire that God would do that in your life? I, let me just say this. I, I mentioned it once in, in the lesson, and I'm going to say this and I'll be done. I am not teaching this to you. I'm teaching it to me, and you're just listening. Because I have never, and the reason why I wish someone would have taught me this, and maybe they did, and I just wasn't listening, okay? So maybe that's the boat you'll be in. I wish someone would have taught me this series 10 to 15 years ago. I, I wish someone would have been honest enough with me to say, like, hey, man, world's going to get crazy. Life's going to get crazy. You're not going to know your name a bunch of days. I had someone the other day ask me something, and I was like, yeah, I did that on Thursday. And they're like, today's Thursday. I was like, well, then I don't even know what day I did it. So we'll just figure it out together, all right? Life's going to get crazy. I wish I could tell you that there were ways to stop that from happening. There's not, okay? You can call Fox News and say, hey, you've been sharing a lot of bad news here lately. Could you just share some good news? And they're going to laugh you off the phone. Probably not going to answer the phone. I don't think they have customer service, all right? You cannot change the way the world operates. What you must change as a Christian is the way that you operate and the rhythm by which you live by. So every head bowed and every eye closed. Let's pray. Well, thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Crosspoint Podcast. Remember to take a moment to subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And again, don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and tell others about this content. Remember, we would love to have you be our guest in person this Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Franklin Road Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. You can connect with us online at frbc.com and we look forward to seeing you again soon.